0: Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin.
1: This week, the story is about the lessons we learned along the way. Star Wars is obviously intrinsically allegorical. It began with George Lucas attempting to convey both the classic tenets of the traditional hero's journey as well as what he believed to be fundamentally true about life itself. So this week we're counting down our top six lessons learned from Star Wars. And Ross, you and I have talked uh, a lot about how you essentially don't remember a time when you didn't have Star Wars in your life. And I I tend to agree. I feel the same. So it's kind of like these movies were fundamental in teaching both of us core values. How do you think you have been shaped as a person by Star Wars? I don't know.
0: It's a good question, certainly. It, it, you're right. It's The hero's journey, it's a lot of basic right from wrong and dark and light. It's very straightforward in a lot of ways. uh, And it's uh, subtle in a lot of different ways. And so some things that are obvious and kind of overt lessons that are meant to be taught are things that maybe seem obvious and you kind of just roll off your back, but you don't necessarily realize that they're playing a role in Uh, helping you determine right from wrong. Uh, And then I think there's a lot more that uh, reveal themselves over time. And then they're almost um, kind of an ability to learn from Star Wars as you grow and show like kind of your understanding of it growing. Uh, And that's something that some, as something I've known my entire life is really interesting. And we even chatted uh, on the weekend about how uh, a line in Star Wars that I always saw as a mistake Uh, someone pointed out to me isn't a mistake. And it was one of those really cool things. I mean, I know know it's not like a life lesson per se, but we were just talking about how only a Sith deals in absolutes uh, is not an absolute itself in the way a Sith would have it as an absolute because it's that Siths deal in absolutes and that they refuse to negotiate. And that it was, if you're not with me, then you are my enemy. And so even something as simple as that, I can now pinpoint this moment in my, like, in my life as to when I understood that for what it actually meant. I mean, I guess I always understood it as its direct meaning, um, but just or I guess I always understood its implied meaning, but not necessarily the direct meaning of the line in that regard. Whereas on some of these other things, uh, there are some interesting life lessons that uh, I definitely didn't notice when I was a child, but now looking back uh, are instrumental.
1: For what it's worth, I think your reference to only a Sith deals and absolutes, I, I think that can be expandable to be a, a, an applicable li- life wisdom because it's about uh, the uselessness of rigidity. It's about about the importance of flexibility and understanding and nuance. And and that's kind of, I think, how, and I don't know your list, you don't know mine, but I, I it'd be interesting to see if we have any overlap here because uh, we didn't discuss this at great length how we wanted to to set parameters for this, but it seems like we both have an idea that that these are just uh, fundamental lessons and wisdoms provided by the story, many of them in a recurring way, and and perhaps some less so. It's not necessarily things that we personally had a unique relationship to or 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 um, uh, uniquely uh, uh, learned from personally, but uh, things I think all of us are meant to take away. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think some are ones that are going to hit with us at different levels because of the people that we are. Uh, and that's just, and that's essentially the way it is. There's, there is no right from wrong on any of these lists. Uh, but I'd say this one maybe more than ever. However, yep. there are going to be some that I, I really do think we're going to have some, some overlap, especially the way I interpreted the assignment and the way that I kind of amalgamated some of my, my answers. So yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see, but do you wanna dive right in?
1: Let's dig into it. My number six uh, favorite lesson learned from Star Wars is never underestimate the little guy. So Star Wars is always of course about underdogs transitioning through the the course of this epic story from being essentially a nobody plucked from obscurity to becoming someone who's great and does great things. Uh, but a similar symbolism is often at play in Star Wars, like in a more literal way. <clears throat> than say, Luke the farm boy. Uh, So the saga jumps off, the very first thing that happens involves R2-D2 being tasked with saving the galaxy, and he is of course tiny. The following movie, Luke assumes that this weird little green alien in the swamp couldn't possibly be the great and all-powerful Jedi, namely because he's unassuming and small. And then the following movie, uh, a race of woodland teddy bears helped the rebels to win against evil once again. And so this theme of passion outweighing physical stature or physical strength is constantly crucial in in Star Wars. And uh, I think it's one of the most important lessons that we can teach children as well. Because as we've often said, George made these these movies for kids. And if we can show kids that they too are mighty, if their hearts are mighty, that they can't learn anything more valuable from Star Wars.
0: Absolutely, uh, a fantastic one, and, and the one that uh, didn't make my list. The 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 one honorable mention that I have, and that's uh, I'm glad you have it. Uh, and I especially like the way you interpreted it, and in its way that had I interpreted it that so kind of directly, um, I, I think I maybe it maybe would have cracked my list uh, because R2 and Yoda were. To, I mean, Yoda still is my favorite character and you can't not love y- R2, but growing up as a, ki- as a kid, those were like, in particular, my some of my absolute favorite characters as a little kid uh, because you they are the little guy. And when you're li- a little kid, you can see yourself kind of in that same position and you don't want to be judged by being small. And right. that is the only thing you're judged for when you're a little kid is the fact that you're a little kid. And so it adds another really great layer when Yoda is able to do so much. Uh, and even though the, the 3PO R2 relationship, 3PO is the golden one who speaks 6 million languages and is the protocol droid and does things the way that he's supposed to. Uh, and he's constantly belittling R2, but R2 is always right. Yeah. And R2 gets the job done and saves the day for everybody. And nobody understands R2 because R2 babbles the way a baby babbles or a uh, way a toddler mumbles off on their own. Even though R2 is a curmudgeonly old droid uh, who is much more like uh, a cranky old man than a, a little child, but, and, and Yoda is exactly that, a cranky old man and not a little child. But Luke is as an 18 year old, I didn't relate to Luke as like a four-year-old i related more to this the person my size than i did to the person closest in my age because luke could have been 18 19 or 40. it didn't matter uh he was an adult whereas these other characters you judge them by their size or more so you relate to them by their size but you don't have to judge them by their size and that's a really great lesson to learn.
1: Right, but conceptually Luke is still the little guy in men of, many of the contexts in which we see Absolutely. him. Of course Darth Vader is he's chosen to be, you know, 6 foot 5 or whatever he is because size is menacing and therefore it it pits the the shorter person as an underdog and the rebel alliance is this is the little guy i mean it's how often is it said especially in uh the last jedi how the resistance is so few people because that paints Mm. this picture of underdogdom and it makes you want to side with them and it's understandable why the villain is underestimating the little guy in this case but uh um obviously that's applicable through all of star wars and i knew you'd agree
0: Yeah, absolutely. You want to go to my my number six? Your turn, number six. Uh, My number six would be, always in motion is the future. And uh, I think this is a really great one because there are a lot of lines about destiny in Star Wars. They're kind of all bullshit, most of them. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, But you'll also realize that majority of the lines about destiny come from Vader and Palpatine. Uh, Some come from Yoda or some come from... Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan is misguided from the cynicism that Vader has provided to him or Yoda from the cynicism of having seen just too much over too long of a period. But always in motion is the future really is an important way to show that destiny doesn't matter. And that even Yoda can't see the future. Uh, and that's like, it's, it's a very important way. And I mean, there are some other quotes that I have here that can even kind of uh, tie in with it well, other, but I have them more intrinsically linked to other kind of lessons later on. But it's important to be able to know that what you do has an impact on tomorrow, and it's not just uh, you're not just dealing with an insurmount- insurmountable odds. Uh, and so, like Kylo and Ray, it's I also really show this in a great way. Kylo wants to kill the past, which is a mistake but it's because he wants to determine his own destiny. He doesn't wanna have destiny written for him. And that comes from Luke being afraid that Kylo's destiny was something that it wasn't already written on. Uh, and then Ray being afraid that her destiny is gonna be terrible when she finds that she's a Palpatine, but then changing it because it's not written for her. So I think that's a very important thing because Personally, I'm I'm very proud of where I come from, but people who aren't don't have to necessarily have that define them. Uh, and people who come from extreme, uh, maybe somebody who is comes from a lot of uh, wealth or uh, privilege, privilege or opportunity. <clears throat> um, just because you've been born in it, that doesn't mean you can't take your own path and still also create value, despite being provided opportunities as well. And so it's, it's just an important perspective to take on life, I think.
1: I think that's, Exactly right. I mean, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn uh, exhibits this early on. That's kind of what makes him formidable and, and likable because he's not blind to the fear that's within Anakin. He understands what the Jedi Council is saying, and he understands why they're reluctant to train him. But he knows that that is not all Anakin is. He knows what's within his heart. And given the opportunity, he'd like to make that opportunity all it can be. Um, whereas Rule of the fates. Well, exactly. That's right. And and that's everything that's wrong with the Jedi in the uh, prequel trilogy. That's what they need to shed, is an understanding that, that destiny is, is always... I mean, uh, this is off topic, but uh, my whole life is on topic when it comes to Back to the Future. Um, it, your future isn't written yet. You can make it whatever you want, so make it a good one. So it, it, this mm. is the same thing at play. I think it's a great choice. Yeah.
0: And not not a whole lot else to say on that one. I mean, if you want to speed right to number five.
1: That's right. My number five uh, is a direct quote. Comes from A New Hope. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? This is ridiculous. Even if I could take off, I'd never get past the tractor beam. Leave that to me. Damn fool. I knew that you were going to say that.
0: Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? I guess I was wrong, Uh, it didn't make my honorable mentions, but it was in my honorable mentions. I didn't write it, it, I wrote it down on my scrap paper, not on my my document that I've got here. So awesome, I'm curious. I'm
1: curious to see what what you have to think about this, because I really like it for its flash. I'm not even sure if I can perfectly dissect what it means ideologically, but it's said by Obi-Wan, episode four, after uh, the heroes emerge from the hidden floor compartments uh, in the Falcon, and Han says that they can't escape the Death Star's uh, tractor beam, and Obi-Wan says, uh, leave that to me, let me take care of it. And then Han calls him an old fool. And I mean, at this point, he's already been following along with what Obi-Wan wants, uh, and it's kind of just his MO to complain about everything that is out of his hands anyway. Uh, but I think it's a great lesson in in attitude and optimism, having faith in in your uh, in your companions. It's also applicable to any situation where where you're having to deal with naysayers. It, it's a classy way of asking someone if they've got a better idea. You know, you're along for the ride. You got a better idea, um, and also fool is a relative term. He just kind of threw it out there, um, but it could, in this case, mean creative thinker it could mean the the necessary brave thinker that we need to get out of a bind so what what do you think about this about this quote because it is kind of flowery
0: it's flowery but I think it's I think it's an important one to show that you kind of should carve your own path in that regard the fact that Obi-Wan yeah he, he's a fool but he's just heard about how this guy doesn't believe in anything and how Han is just like, oh, I've been from one side of the galaxy to the other. I ain't seen any one all powerful, I forget what the line is specifically. Um, But after that, he's still following him. Obi-Wan is still the one who's controlling everything. Obi-Wan is the one who paid for the journey. He's the one that got Han to amend his uh, upfront policy on payment. He's the one that has uh, gotten them into this bind and is still leading the way. And Han hasn't stepped up with a better plan, like you said. And so if Han had a better plan or if there was a, a, a more, I guess, like we don't have time to discuss this in a committee using another line from from Han, but... Um, it's, it's important to be able to, if you have a better idea, say it, but if not, think creatively. And if someone's gonna bitch about it, who cares? Well, do all, it anyway. And
1: also like, maybe my idea is not great, but like, at least I have one. So let's let's go forth with that, right? And so like, maybe maybe we haven't worked out all the kinks in what we're going forth with. Maybe that's what's gonna make it successful in the end. Uh, and I mean, Obi-Wan does pull it off, but- uh, Also, no one needs to follow. Right. You don't
0: need to follow. You can stay behind. Mm-hmm. You can go your own way, or in particular, like not get involved. and And Hans gotten involved enough. Han wanted the commission, and uh, in in that specific instance, um, it's that line has a lot more application outside of Star Wars, and I think it does even in Star Wars. Sure. And I think um, with the amount of people who don't necessarily think for themselves. And I think there's a lot of people who think that they're one of the people who thinks for themselves and thinks that other people don't think for themselves. But that's not so much the case because they're in an echo chamber. It's it's important to be able to kind of view it in different ways. So I think the quote has maybe even greater application outside of the context that it's used in.
1: And now in particular.
0: Yes, in particular now when there is such misinformation out there um and blind following yeah and, and it's also the people who are providing the information are in a lot of times yep. fools they don't necessarily have the credentials and in this case han doesn't think obi-wan has credentials right. he just called him like like in like a minute he's going to call them like, where'd you dig up that old fossil right and it's because he thinks he's a crazy old codger
1: mm-hmm. Now uh, what I'm realizing just uh, as we do this podcast and I think I must have done this subconsciously is that all of my selections that pertain specifically to one character like this one, it's it's strictly an Obi-Wan lesson. Um, I didn't repeat a character and I think that's why there's another Obi-Wan lesson that I ruled out of my list. And I'll mention it when we talk about, um, about honorable mentions unless you get to it before me. Um, But now I'm kind of wondering if I liked that one more, we can discuss it down the road, but like Obi-Wan, especially old Obi-Wan has some really great, like quick little bits of wisdom. He doesn't have a lot of lines in the whole series, but pretty much everything he says is gold.
0: I think I know exactly what you're talking about and we will definitely be hearing it from me because I did not stick to the rule of one per person. Um, I got some heavy, uh, the original trilogy has gets its, gets its due. Um, and the, the the people who end up as force ghosts get their due. <laughs>
1: Good, okay, great. Mine's not a force go- ghost line, but nevertheless, it's time for your number five.
0: Uh, my number five uh, would be from the man we were just discussing, and it would be as h- him as a force ghost, and that would be, don't give in to hate. Uh, and I, I also, there was a lot of lines I had, and so a lot of it was kind of finding some other great lines, m- mixing them together and finding common themes and things that are just consistent throughout Star Wars. And so two other lines that I felt represented don't give in to hate. Similarly, uh, one that I adore from Obi-Wan in Rebels when he faces Darth Maul, uh, and Darth Maul calls him uh, a rat in the desert. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look what you've become. And Obi-Wan says, look what I've risen above. And he just doesn't, Maul just doesn't get it. He does not get the fact that Obi-Wan is more powerful than Maul could possibly imagine because of how centered he is mm-hmm. and how he doesn't need to be a part of the bigger bullshit because he has a role and he has a focus and he has, uh, an understanding of his place in the bigger picture. And he's one with the force already as crude matter. Um, and then there's also wars not make one great. And so these things are all, I think, really important things, uh, about keeping optimistic and not taking uh, the easy path <laughs> to the dark side per se, and choosing the high road is the the ultimate underlying um, method that I, I, or I guess the theme I wanted to highlight with this. And don't give in to hate. Choosing the high road uh, and making sure that even if somebody else is bringing things down to a certain level, you don't need to give in to that. You can still rise above and be better.
1: Well, it's like that quote that says resentment or bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. It's kind of like that. It's like oh, it, that's a good quote too. <laughs> it is. It's just it's it's it kind of pertains to this like let go of the hate thing. This uh, you will always prevail with positivity in your life and i've got uh uh, actually i've got a han solo reference here coming up that is kind of his version of of positivity because we all have our own way of trying to to zero in or center upon uh what what charges us and that's kind of the fallacy of the sith is that they are charged and energized by hatred and negativity but only to a point because they can't quite reach that ultimate uh uh transcendence which is ultimate power because of what they believe in
0: yes which is the ultimate irony and the transcendence is very much a great way of putting it it's uh like reaching that inner peace and the 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 calmness that ultimately uh look what i've risen above was the one that i really wanted to highlight there but i felt don't give in to hate was the more summarizing term uh and, and taking the high road but uh hard to not uh Hard not to beat Force Ghost Obi-Wan.
1: It's a really nice setup for my number four, if you don't mind me uh, transitioning I now.
0: I going to say, go into it.
1: Death is a natural part of life. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around
0: you who transform into the Force. Mm-hmm. Mourn them do not. Miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy.
1: The shadow of greed, that is. So it's really hard to isolate the single wisest line or lesson from Yoda. I'm not saying that this is necessarily it, but uh, it was kind of fresh in me because we just recently watched Revenge of the Sith. Um, Yoda is giving some like kind of tough love to Anakin at this moment. Anakin, of course, is afraid because he started to have these premonitions about Padme's death. He's scared about death. And he has to be reminded that he can't be attaching himself to things and people that we have to... And what Yoda says is some version of we have to go of everything you fear to lose. Yeah, he he tells him some version of you have to rejoice when your loved one transitions to or becomes one with the force, I think he says, but basically Mm -hmm. transitions to a new realm. Um, I think it's as close as Star Wars ever gets to talking about a spiritual afterlife. I think it's more relatable in our world than any discussion involving force ghosts because when we love somebody here on earth and they die you will not see them watching over you you can believe they're watching over you but you will not see them with your eyes watching over you um and it brings us comfort to think about an afterlife for many many people it does um so a moment like this kind of reminds us of the certainty of all things ending anakin needs that reminding and yoda has a very clear understanding of that that's why he's so peaceful with his own death when it comes the time. Um, We have to accept these terms. You know, when we're going about life, and this is what the Sith can never do, it is entirely incumbent on you to accept that all things end. And once you can do that, you will find peace and happiness. I think uh, a lot of Yoda's uh, lessons are beautiful and wise, but they're a lot more complex than death is a natural part of life. And I'm not saying that he owns death as a natural part of life. Lots of people have said that before, but I, I, I do think it's probably the simplest in its, uh, it's, it's the most beautiful in its simplicity.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that. And it's one that's a tough one though, for me, I, I I totally agree. It's simple, it's beautiful. And I think it's the most important one for Palpatine to learn. (laughs) It's the most important one for Anakin to learn. Uh, and so it is really massively important in particular for uh, those who have fallen. Uh, and it's one of the things that have, certainly instigated their fall to the dark side in that regard uh the tough one is that yoda i i I think this is one of his more ignorant lines interesting as well because anakin is 22 Yeah, and yoda is uh 880 and so yoda has everyone yoda has ever known has died Mm mm-hmm Anakin has only had one person die and it was his mom. <laughs> it's the only person he ever loved. Yep. Oh, here's the next person. And so it's, it's a very different situation. However, once again, it doesn't take away from how incredibly accurate and true the quote is and how the the lesson is still completely valid. Uh, I just, it was a tough one cause I, I, I felt it, it, it's use case is, is a bit misused in that it is, um, it's not what he needs to hear at that point. And it's one that's always going to be a tough lesson. It's always going to be one that you don't like that. There's always an end to things. It's not an easy thing to hear, um, but rejoice for those around you who become one with the force. And like you said, and that's something, whereas if you have, if individuals have lived a great life and I know this is one um, like, uh, like our grand, like our Grampy Wolf, yep. uh, his funeral, uh, he like there was just something about it. He lived such a full life that there was a, a, a really there was a, a rejoicing element about it, kind of, and yeah. just the the way that all the people there were talking about him. And so there are things like that that you can certainly see as as a big positive. Uh, and so I definitely get that.
1: Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is like it, it is simple. It's a simple line. It's maybe too simple. Like Yoda is oversimplifying this actually very emotionally complex thing, and to to the degree that it's kind of insensitive to what, of course, Anakin is is going through. I, I mean, I think I've got friends like that who are like the chronic uh, uh, devil's advocate or chronic optimist, which is kind of like frustrating because it doesn't validate your own pain um, mm. and. I'm not saying that you should uh, you should wallow because that's kind of what Anakin wants to do, but you don't want your pain dismissed either, and maybe mm. maybe that's kind of what happened to him in this moment.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's that's a very good way of putting it. He, he wants some acknowledgement there, uh, and as right as Yoda is, it's just uh, well the delivery is a little tough. He
1: doesn't want just acknowledgement; he wants a solution, and Yoda You're c- right. cannot give him that.
0: You're right, and Yoda's solution is to just like tough be happy, learn it hard. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's right.
1: Okay, it's your turn for number four, please.
0: Uh, My number four uh, is what I believe you were talking about before, and that would be your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. That's not mine. That's a good one, though. Uh, That one's a really great one. And uh, I particular wanted to reference a different point, but I felt this kind of summarized things a little bit better, but I don't believe it that's why you fail Mm -hmm. and also never tell me the odds. These all come together in a a really clean way that just because something hasn't been done, just because something seems unlikely, just because uh, you're small per se, judge me not by my size. these are all things that yes, they may be barriers, but they shouldn't mean that you don't, go and give it an effort. It doesn't mean that like ye of little faith, right? Have a little faith, give it a little bit of effort. And um, you only know the extent of your capabilities to the extent that you're willing to give them a go. And that if you you're foregoing the ability to grow, if you're not willing to believe what you can't see.
1: Yeah. And that's nice. I think
0: that's a really important thing that if if you can only succeed to the extent that you currently know, then you will never surprise yourself.
1: Right. What specifically was the line you you kind of titled this with?
0: Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust your eyes trust can deceive them. you.
1: Interesting. But the
0: main moment being really when Yoda raises the X-wing out of the swamp and that's why you fail um is because he, Luke just he, He doesn't. I don't believe it. Right. And specifically, Yoda's not telling him, oh, that's because you're a failure. He's saying that, no, that specific wording you just said, that's what's the failure, Luke. It's it's not that you couldn't do it, too. It's not that I'm small and that that's even more surprising. It's that you just didn't believe in it it's it's you're still looking in, in a different direction you're you're still maybe trying to find the easy way out or easily distracted there there's there's still something missing there and that's gonna always be something in life and so it's interesting where uh, in this case um, it, it it's an x-wing being too big yeah but sometimes in, in in life it can be a small thing or just a task that seems too insurmountable um, because you've never done it before or you've never seen somebody else do it, or you're just trying to give it a stab, but doesn't mean you can't.
1: I agree that all of that, uh, all of those lessons are are implicit in star Wars. And we've talked before about the, that's why you fail sequence. And that's extraordinary. That's not really the first thing I take from your eyes can deceive you. I think your eyes can deceive you is, is more broadly applicable to just the fact that everything is more complicated than it appears to be at face value. You, you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to consider things from all angles. You have to consider that there is more that which you will never know than, you know, right now. Um, and, uh, Uh, Yeah, I guess I just wouldn't have have drawn that connection, but I guess it is all part of the same sequence and it ultimately explains to Luke and then us, the viewer, uh, that our first impressions are wrong about circumstances and including our own capabilities and the universe. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that was
0: the thing I wanted to boil it down to the most. And I think an interesting thing is that you, like, even like you just said, even this quote, your eyes can deceive, you don't trust them. If you read the quote at face value, then you maybe only see it from a certain way. But I was viewing it as, as more of a, the theme linking a few of these concepts together. But if you're like, you're absolutely right. If you view the quote itself, there are, it's a lot more layered than, than just it's, what you see on the surface as well. It it absolutely is what you just said in the sense that it makes you question everything around you. And in particular in star Wars, uh, that's one that a lot of star Wars fans could learn a lesson from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, we're doing an awful lot of common thinking here because my number three is indeed never tell me the odds. This is nice. Han's way of conveying uh, the importance of believing in yourself. Your are uh, your ability to do extraordinary things as I said before like he wouldn't say it in such a a sensitive way he has his rough and tumble way of uh of conveying these these philosophies but he needs to rid his mind of uh negativity if he's going to approach some kind of challenge with the determination he needs to to pull off the impossible never mind the statistics That happened before like that. That was yesterday. Never mind when somebody else did it, that person wasn't me. Um, Mm. And so it's a fine line, obviously between cocky and confident and Han walks that line. And he's often tumbling onto either side of that line. Uh, In this particular case, he's on the right side of it because he does indeed beat the odds and only because he believed he could. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think that
0: if you particularly unpack it with someone like Han, um, and the with things we've known more about him now with solo and the way that the Kessel run goes about, it, it's almost like with Han is never tell me the odds because the odds don't matter. Right. I'm not playing the same game.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm taking a, a much more creative approach to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, whereas you have three PO who is you're like very straightforward. He's telling you the odds based on a math equation. Whereas, Han it's like let's don't tell me the don't those are those are odds yeah those are not my odds like you said yeah that's so
1: that's I, that's what's cocky about him but it's also so damn charming and he does pull it off and so you want to see him be successful but basically in his mind your odds don't matter because it's somebody else who did it it's like there is no research on me doing this i haven't done it before mm. now watch me do it um, yeah, and like run although it's he it's, does it
0: in a shorter distance.
1: He does, and in neither that circumstance nor the one where he says "never tell me the odds," um, is he? He's not like full of a bunch of bravado in this moment. Sometimes Han is like really cocky and and a little smarmy, mm. borderline smarmy. In this case, he's not. He's he's actually very focused, and he doesn't want his mind clouded with with uh, the likelihood of his failure, um, because that's how he pulls off great things and so it's a little it's a little flaky of me to be like i learned from star wars that you have to believe in yourself but like that this is their cool cowboy way of telling us that yeah absolutely
0: and that's kind of what i just said in the last one as well and so it it is all about the way and these are stories for children that have a lot of other levels to them and so that's the benefit is the fact that some of these base important lessons don't need to be that complicated some of them are but some of them don't need to be all right we're chugging Um, along
1: here it's your turn for number three
0: perfect because it blends really nicely actually uh from my four to my three uh with yours as that nice sequent uh sequitur because uh your focus determines your reality and i think that that's another really important one uh and i tied this one in with the way that i interpret do or do not there is no try and if you're really focused and you're only committed and specifically working on one thing and your actual focus on something will determine what it is you're able to succeed. So do or do not, there is no try. On paper, some people kind of make fun of that one. Like, what do you mean? Trying is a good thing. But no, if your focus determines your reality, if you're focused on specifically one thing, if you're committed, if you're not trying to spread yourself too thin and you're truly um, wanting to succeed on that specific task that you're trying to learn or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, your attempts are succeeding. Mm-hmm. So it's not trying is bad, do or do not. It's do or do not, there is no try because trying is doing. Okay. and so it's that way because your focus determines your reality. And so I think those two, I think your focus determines reality almost explains do or do not, there is no try. And I think that's one that maybe for a while I didn't understand, but I think is one that I have been applying a lot recently. I've been spreading myself really thin at work and it's been driving me crazy. And so I've really been trying to silo some things and focus on one thing at a time. And I know that's a very literal um, interpretation of your focus determines your reality, but it allows you to develop a little bit more sanity because if you're spreading yourself so thin and if you're clouding it with like resentment and cynicism, then you're going to fail and you're going to become more cynical and you're going to resent things. That's just the way it is. So if you can have that shade of optimism, it makes all the difference in the world.
1: Man, I I, I love that interpretation. That's so great because I, too, have always kind of wondered about there is no try. Like, yeah, it's like one of the most essential Yoda quotes. But I I mm. did kind of take issue with it um, for all the reasons you just said. But now I'm relating uh, your, your examples to my own life, and I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, One is last year uh, I tried to get a little more serious about running, like I was never that comfortable running outside, I like to exercise at home a little bit, but I wanted to be able to like run around the neighborhood and feel confident about that. And um, I felt weird about considering myself a runner, but I am, if you've never run in your life, as soon as you ran, you are a runner. You made that happen. Another one is that my life, my lifelong dream ever since I learned the alphabet is to write stories for a living, to write fiction. And I have never been paid a red cent to be a writer, but I am a writer because I've done a lot of it. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of like that. I'm not just like trying to get to some point where I reach some almighty success. Uh, there is no try. You either are the thing or you're not the thing based on your, the passion that motivates you. Yeah. I like I've never had a like I've never
0: had many hobbies. Uh I've golfed, uh I liked fantasy hockey. Um like just but like I'm I'm a competitive person, but I've been doing Star Wars trivia recently because I told myself <laughs> I wanted a hobby this year. Right. And so I've been doing it. it's it may be something silly, but it's something whereas Uh, I had an opportunity to play some trivia. It didn't work out, but I still decided to go like, oh, I'll go on Eventbrite and see like, oh, I can go and and do some little Star Wars trivia. And it's been fun. I I won some Amazon gift cards and it was a great way to like spend an evening one night. And so sometimes it doesn't need to be as intense as life goals, but sometimes it can just be something that allows you to uh, accomplish something that can make you feel good and so that's uh, an important thing as well
1: and you're a Star Wars uh, fanatic and scholar whether or not you have some credential to back it up
0: yeah, well, I just I, I like Star Wars, and so it's it's I read about Star Wars constantly anyway, and so why not have somebody ask you some of those questions and see if you can recount them, and so that's kind
1: of fun. All right, I think we said everything we needed to say, but that was a very enlightened, lovely conversation. My number two, yes, number two. My number two is not a direct quote, but I think it's a theme that's present through all of Star Wars. It's that it's never too late to do what's right. So it most directly refers to, of course, villains uh, in Star Wars who manage to find the light within before they die as heroes. Darth Vader is never too far gone after all he's done to ultimately overthrow the Emperor and save Luke as his final act. Ben Solo has a very similar transition from evil, back from evil, uh, before he dies. More broadly, uh, the central theme of Star Wars, of course, or at least of the Skywalker saga, is hope. And sometimes our heroes like luke and yoda and obi-wan who all at some point give up and retreat into hiding at some point uh they need reminding that it's never too late to give virtue one more push i was going to say one final push but not a final push as many more pushes as as you can possibly give it's never too late to do what's right because hope never dies and it's far better late than never
0: yeah, no one's ever really gone. You never, no one's ever too far gone. And I think that that line, while it was like it, it's talking about Han, but it's also talking more importantly about directly about Ben yep. uh, and the fact that he's not too far gone and that he can come back. And Luke has that same belief so much in his father. They're still good in him. I know it. Uh, and Padme says those exact. Those are her exact last words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like. That is a consistent and important theme throughout Star Wars. And as much as these, like Vader's last words, tell your sister you were right. Uh, And it was because at the end of the day, as terrible as Vader is, he still did something good in the end. Does that mean that he gets to walk away scot-free? No. But does that mean that, He made a massive, massive, massive impact on the galaxy? Yes. Yeah. Did he change the course of history? Yes. Did it erase everything he had done before that? No.
1: No, and I don't think he's asking for absolution by doing that one act of heroism either. Nor is Ben Solo for that matter. Granted, they both do apparently get to walk away kind of scot-free because they both kind of become one with the Force and and we just look at them as heroes now.
0: We don't know if Ben Solo becomes one with the Force in that same kind of way. Um, We don't know where his Force ghost is. Maybe that's what we'll find in episode 10, that he's trapped in Force purgatory.
1: We do Uh, know that that his good final act uh, brings Leia's soul peace. mm -hmm, Absolutely. So so there's some kind of forceful connection being made there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Uh, I mean, I guess that's all I had to say on that, but it's never too late to do what's right. It's your turn for number two. My number two is actually the one that I have the least
0: to to say about as well, uh, but is undeniably important and is easily the most slam dunk, straightforward, the greatest teacher failure is. He did my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, hmm, but weakness, folly. Failure also. Yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher, failure is... No kidding. (laughs) How often (laughs) do we do things wrong? Right. Uh, The amount of times I've done things wrong over the last few years at work and have had to go down some ridiculous rabbit hole to figure something out or because we didn't have the capability to get something done on short notice to have to learn a skill and to fall flat on your face on these things or to not be able to accomplish what you want Uh, it always comes back to a learning opportunity and if you can view it that way your focus will determine your reality Uh, and It is really important because it goes back to that no one's ever too far gone as well because uh, just because you're failing or doing wrong doesn't mean you can't view that as an opportunity to do the opposite and to see it as just a a part of getting it right. Uh, It's just the first steps and and it's, it's, it's the doing. It's not the doing not it's it's not the trying it's the doing it's just the 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 doing and failing and failing is just part of learning
1: you're right that one like really speaks for itself and, and everybody can really <laughs> does. R- relate to it immediately <laughs> you have experiences and they rarely go how you anticipate them and and that's how you grow as a person so that's that really says it all yeah all right you ready Be to wrap, wrap this puppy up my number I'm one. I'm mind blown by how
0: well it's gone so far, yeah. uh, and seeing as oh, I can say this because you said you didn't repeat people, um,
1: that we're gonna have pretty much no direct crossover. So that's awesome. It's excellent. Yeah. So my last one is not a a singular moment in Star Wars or a, a individual teaching. It's just a general theme of Star Wars, which is that it's important to be a part of something bigger than you. You never have to go it alone. Uh, And we touched on this a little bit last week. One of the big differences between Luke and Anakin is that Luke is never lonely. Uh, He he doesn't reject support from his friends until the sequel trilogy, and then that's kind of part of his final arc. But this is the ultimate qualifier, I think, in in the hero's journey, because to think that salvation, like ultimate salvation, rests on a single set of shoulders, uh, it just kind of absolves everyone else of their responsibility to have a hand in it and to do what they should do towards a greater cause um in star wars the good side is usually as i said before the underdog the scrappy one but they are united they're an Mm. alliance they're a republic and that's the opposite of an empire that's governed by one singular self-serving focus um if you're fighting for the galaxy you have to involve the galaxy it's the only way you're going to win um and so you should be involved uh with the community be a community Oh,
0: that's a great one, Colin. And that's one that, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why it didn't really kind of cross my mind, but, uh, I guess because I kind of took it, like I was kind of using it from quotes of wisdom and going from there. And, uh, but wow, that was, yeah, absolutely. And it comes down, like, uh, it makes me think of one of my favorite lines. Um, one of my favorite things from Rise of Skywalker, and that is the, the civilian fleet. Uh, it's, it's just, People so right and it's because those are people rising up and it goes to show that there's more of us Poe. there's more of us and <laughs> Like you, you could be if you come together You can get the job done even if you're just uh, a princess a farm boy a scoundrel and a walking carpet and some robots uh, You can save the galaxy and that's a really important lesson I think like you said the the contrast between Luke and Anakin and how when Luke comes back to his friends and his small group, doesn't matter how small that group is, uh and it doesn't matter that he comes back as a projection just to save them. That's enough and that's the support of friendship and people around you that they needed that support from a friend uh and it just so happened to be yes the most powerful being of all time, but at the end of the day what did luke want to do so badly on dagobah go help his friends that's right he wanted to leave the force nexus and go help his friends whereas so what did he do on octu the same thing eventually
1: whereas uh, you know anakin is is much more caught up with this idea that he might be the chosen one and so he alone can be the savior and, and ultimately that just that that fucks him up too much and I like this because yeah, he's totally he is so this is much more literal in the fellowship of the ring like it's it's never it's never thought for a second that it won't be Frodo he is the chosen one but why not go along with a bunch of people who have the same cause and can look out for you and can can coach you and can be your support system you never have to yeah. go it alone and so this this is very common in these these epic adventure series I think but it's a uh, a thing you have to be careful with in the hero's journey because this this idea of a chosen one can be uh ego inducing it can also be alienating um and it doesn't have to be that way and, and luke in in spite of octo he does always seem to operate from from that uh from that standpoint and that's what makes him a great hero
0: yeah absolutely uh, so I guess kind of going on to my number one, That's it. uh, yep. but my, yeah, my number one would be, uh, one thing that I actually had printed on a shirt. Uh, and it comes from our, uh, our wisest little green friend. Um, and it would, and it's, it's not like a, not just a little chirp from, from Grogu, but, uh, you must unlearn what you have learned.
1: <sighs> Always with you. What cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is
0: totally different.
1: No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn
0: what you have learned. And I think this is such an incredibly important piece of wisdom and life lesson, because I think you can't view anything, any of the life lessons without kind of keeping this in mind and the fact that your preconceived notions are always going to play a key role in how you view anything your biases uh, what you've seen and known and in order to really learn and understand things in a different way and to empathize uh, at a different level you need to unlearn what you've learned before and you need to work with other people and cooperate and it and have different experiences and I think that that's an extremely important thing that it it ties in with all the other lessons that we've kind of talked about here. But I think that that's the reason why it was so clearly my number one is uh, it's the beginner's mindset. Uh, And so that's a kind of term in in entrepreneurship that you in order to to solve a problem and to actually get in the mindset of somebody who's who's having a problem. You need to try and wipe clear everything you've you've uh, everything you've come to know. and uh, Obi Wan, there's another line I wrote here. The many of the truths that we cling to depend on our point of view, and of course, and that's incredibly present in today's society. And it's from the fact that people often don't reflect on where they've learned things, how they've learned things, and the information that they know that's influencing other things in their life. And so, I think that it's one that if you if you can. Be reminded by any life lesson in Star Wars I think this is the most important one because it will remind you to consider all the other ones or to go back and Maybe look at all of them with a brand new light and maybe you'll find a new life lesson That can change the game for you for the next phase of your life And so that's what's even more important about Star Wars.
1: I saw this really uh, kind of striking TikTok the other day, which was Uh, a smash cut of a bunch of uh, children at varying ages being asked the same question. Uh, What are you most anxious about? What do you have anxiety over? Um, And it starts with kids as young as like four years old and they're kind of like, what does that mean? And then kids who are like six and seven years old, they're like, I'm not really anxious about anything. I don't get anxious. uh, I don't really have any of those, and then once you're like 13, it's it's like oh, I kind of wish I was a little taller. And when it's like 17, it's like ah, I've got bad acne. And when they're when they're like 20, they're like I've got all kinds of student debt, and I'm I I can't seem to find a job in my field. And so there's this idea that uh, you do start with a clean slate, and over time uh, life kind of wears away at you, and whether or not it's doing that you develop these experiences that kind of color the way you see the world going forward. And it makes you often, it's very hard not to be jaded by that. Or or just too kind of uh, confused with non-applicable lessons that you've learned elsewhere. And so some people, we've all met these people who just think they know everything. Um, and so I think that's applicable to what you're talking about. Like, Try and start from mm-hmm. scratch. You'll be able to see everything much more... Much more clearly, because what you know already is not going to help you here. Truly wonderful this is the mind of a child. Yes, and it's amazing how many times I stop talking and then you quote Star Wars in, in a perfectly succinct way. <laughs>
0: but it, and, it, and it's true, and, it, and that's Yoda as well. And it goes to the fact that Obi Wan couldn't—he couldn't understand it—and Joe Costa knew wasn't even having the notion no that she could be wrong or the, that the information could be yes. wrong. obi-wan was open to it maybe being and who is the one who was able to figure it out a, a child and it just seems so straightforward to them and i think that goes right down to what you're saying there so i, I think it- it's one of the most important ones that i try to remind myself of um but probably could even do a better job of reminding myself of even more because uh the more things that you're open to learning new on, then the better person you'll
1: be. That's beautifully said. I've only got a couple more. Um. Uh. uh just missed the cuts. The one that I had mentioned okay. earlier. The one that comes from Obi Wan is, uh, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck, which I think. Uh, is... yeah, is, that is a good one. It's maybe not a great lesson. It's kind of just this thing that colors his character and gives you a little information about like how he came to be this way. Um. And frankly, it's it's. It, there is a little bit of bitterness in it, but there's also a little bit of hope in it. I just think it's, it's it's nicely said and it kind of speaks to, I didn't really like think about how, how deep you could go with this, but um, I I think ultimately it is a hopeful thing to say. I think he's saying, look, we can, we can, we can can change the odds. That's right. You can change the odds. We can find our way out of this tricky situation. Yeah, no, I I definitely see it as an optimistic line for sure. And then another really Um, important uh, theme in star Wars that was Really driven home in *Rises Skywalker* is that it's not so much about where you're from; it's about who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's that's really the the finality of Rey's character. But it's it's true in all of our our desert nobodies from the trilogy yeah. at, at their at their uh, genesis. And so it's it's about where you're going and who you are. And 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 the, I've said this a lot tonight about the spirit in your heart.
0: Yeah, she's the royal Rey from nowhere. She's got. The full polarization of who she could be, but she chooses to be Ray Skywalker. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Any other thoughts on the lessons we've learned from Star Wars? We could go on forever and ever is the thing.
0: No, you're absolutely right. We could go on forever, but uh, the best part was the fact that uh, really anything that uh, I had written down got uh, brought up in your list or mine. Uh, And then we were able to cover a pretty wide number of uh, lessons and topics, but they all had some common themes that linked each other back to just the overall vibe that you get from Star Wars. And I think that it's important that, that vibe continue uh, and that it continue to be the core because if Star Wars doesn't have heart, it
1: doesn't have anything. Yeah, I feel a little lighter. I kind of feel like we did a little meditating here. This was a really good discussion. Yeah, it was nice. I I liked it, absolutely. All right, well, what's going on in the news re-Star Wars?
0: Really not much. So we mentioned before how uh, the Obi-Wan show uh, cast Indira Varma as uh, kind of the, the main female lead. Uh, Other than that, it's just some rumors. And one would be that Obi-Wan himself may appear in the Andor series. Uh, So I would assume if that were the case, it would be in a very small capacity, like with Hollow with uh, Bail Organa kind of communicating. And I'd be totally game for that.
1: Uh, You want to kind of unite the timelines? Sure. Sure. But why, why would that rumor have gotten out? is my thing. Like if, if, if that's if that's true, why couldn't they have kept that a secret?
0: I don't know. It's a matter, it's all a matter of where the sourcing ends on this. So this has been from a handful of places. So I wasn't able to kind of track down the original location as to where this one came from. Uh, and usually I can kind of, that can kind of tell, that kind of tell you, but uh, it depends. JJ uh, Abrams, like Bad Robot had a lot of leakers from internal. Right. Um, generally across the board lucasfilm doesn't but who knows one of these two projects could they're involving people who are outside and they're bringing in new bubbles so you never know um but other than that i don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk because there's also the rumor that uh ahsoka could be in the andor series right so my guess is that there's a rumor, or a high likelihood, that a Jedi might appear in the series. Mm. Probably not going to get both of them. Uh, Ahsoka operated under uh, an, an alias uh, Fulcrum at this time, uh, and so this is, it would it would be very fitting uh, for her to be kind of a secret contact for Cassian. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for. Obi Wan to be related to like to have any kind of interaction with Cassian, um, but the set pieces do look desertish. So if Cassian ended up on Tatooine, then Obi Wan could want to help him to get him the hell off Tatooine. Right. Um, but then I'm not. I don't know if I'm. If I'm too into that. That seems like that might be roping a little too many threads together. Uh, Ahsoka seems to make more sense to me, but it would not be a bad idea to have uh Bail Organa do a little hologram combo with Obi-Wan.
1: I mean, Cassian is, is such a blank slate, right? Like they can really do anything at all with him. We don't know that much about him. We don't have a whole lot of loyalty to him as a character. We know, you know, roughly where his morals lie, but, uh, they can kind of do whatever they can involve him with whomever. And so I'd like to go into that experience with, uh, as little knowledge as possible. And, uh, um i guess we'll see do we do we know roughly when the eta is on on cassian no we really don't which is kind of
0: weird we know it's shooting um at the moment and so it's going to be 12 episodes we don't know how many seasons it's going to have or if the 12 episodes is the one season or the entire series and then it might be like two six episode seasons or three four episode seasons we really don't know any of those uh but because it's being filmed i anticipated it'll come out before obi-wan or ahsoka yeah um so that seems to make some sense to me but um yeah i, I would imagine they're probably going to be done some amount of filming soon i mean they've been filming for a little while they had uh yeah i don't know we'll, we'll probably be getting a lot more info on cassian soon i would imagine
1: is that all the star wars news
0: uh, another other big rumor is that uh, Rangers of the New Republic that Hera Syndulla, who was one of the main characters in Rebels, uh, she was the Twi'lek in Rebels, and uh, that she will be uh, the main build around character uh, to be used in Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, and I think this is perfect. It makes complete sense that if they go this route, they're gonna they're using a lot of characters from uh rebels and reintroducing them bringing them into live action there's a rumor that thrawn and ezra might get their own show to lead into the ahsoka show so it would be like maybe a book of boba fett kind of size show to lead into that one Uh, that would be awesome i would love that Uh, because they're making so many of them live action they made her cgi'd uh or performance captured in the rogue squadron game so they've already kind of brought like an almost uh lifelike version of her to reality already. Okay. And she's a fan favorite, uh, top 15 character in Star Wars. Really an excellent, excellent character. Um, best mom in Star Wars. Um, and so I think she'd be a really cool, uh, really cool character. Cool. To build a show around. All right. Well, spe- yeah, spe- that, speaking birthdays.
1: Of, of the Cassian show, happy birthday on Tuesday, March 16th, to Alan Tudyk, who we don't, nice. know, we don't know for sure if he's going to be in that, but we'd like to see him and uh happy birthday the next day uh wednesday march the 17th to john boyega so that's all we have for awesome for birthdays right now interesting how much we discussed the original trilogy tonight like we had a little bit of kylo talk a little bit of uh like i guess some yoda talk some anakin talk but like the vast majority of our conversation circled around the original trilogy tonight
0: yeah some qui-gon talk there which was good but yeah, the original trilogy is where a lot of that wisdom really lies in those um, it key there. life lessons, yeah. and I think a lot of them are repeated again. And I think there's the poetry that's important. Uh, I think some of that is maybe a little lacking in certain parts of the, of the the sequels, or maybe certain parts, uh, like definitely Solo. I'll be honest; there, there's uh, that's mainly the reason I feel it lacks a lot of heart that movie. Uh, But I I think that's one of the nice things is that they really distilled it down to these main themes from the hero's journey and that you can kind of reuse them in just different ways. And so that was one of the nice kind of realizations when I had so many of these that I could kind of link together that it's just, it's like poetry, it rhymes. And that was what George Lucas was going for. So.
1: That's right. Listen, we'd love to know uh, your favorite lessons learned from Star Wars. They don't have to be things that you learned initially from Star Wars, but what are your great takeaways uh, concept-wise and idea-wise from Star Wars in any way? So maybe we didn't even touch on the stuff that's most important to you. You can... Email us recorder66 podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at recorder66. Uh please rate and review on your preferred podcast app. You can check us out on YouTube, Recorder66. And until we are together again,
0: may the force be with you.